You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Diaspora Blues acknowledges this program is produced and presented on the sovereign lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We acknowledge elders past and present and becoming, as well as the owners of the land you're hearing us from. So, here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo, Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Yan. Welcome back to another week of Diaspora Blues on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 a.m. It's Monday, September 14th, and I'm Big Watch All. We have such a massive show for you today. Kicking us off this week is Reem Yadago, a community organizer and educator. Reem is one of the founders of Kids from the Block, an organization supporting and nurturing the minds of young people from Melbourne's high-rise flats. Writer Biora Gue looks at the complexities of the refugee and former refugee experience in his debut collection, Journal of a Refugee. And if you missed our March interview with physiotherapist Ola Idris, don't worry, we'll be replaying some of our favorite parts from that conversation. And later in the show, we'll hear Pookie's latest track, Tuesday. The track features our very own Barstow. It's going to be a wonderful show. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. Reem Yedego is a community builder, organizer, and educator. In July of this year, Reem and so many other people we know and love found themselves placed in a hard lockdown. They were confined to their homes and were only let out for supervised exercise and emergencies. Reem and others saw firsthand the effects this hard lockdown had on the community, especially young people whose education was disrupted by a racist and classist policy. But Reem did what she does best and brought together a bunch of community and justice-minded people to create Kids from the Block. In this next segment, Reem tells us about this initiative, its radical roots and why she considers it a movement and the types of programs on offer for young people. And now, Reem, in her own words. I'm Reem. I'm from Melbourne. Guests would be born and bred in Melbourne, grew up in public housing estates in Flemington and North Melbourne, come from a strong background in community building. Um, very, I feel like, very centred around principles on care, love, compassion, and, you know, um, justice and truth I think that centers my my who I am and my moral compass as well my father fought in the war for Eritrean independence but I come from a a legacy of human rights activists Um, my great uncle is Abdul Ghadir Kabira and he was like he went to the UN was the first one to go to the UN and seek independence for Eritrea was assassinated as well and my father would tell me stories growing up so you know, themes of justice, themes of truth, themes of human rights and like 
community care and love and, you know, compassion was themes that I grew up on. So um, I think that strengthened my understanding of the world. But also growing up in the flats as well, um, I feel like, you know, the women that I was raised around as well really shaped my my compassion shaped my desire to be gentle and care and care for people. So I've been reading a lot about Black Panther. I've always read about it. My dad made me watch a film when I was a kid, when I was like five years old in conjunction with like Malcolm X, Spike Lee, Malcolm X. So for me, um, I've always known about the Black Panther Party, but I started reading more about them. But I was kind of really interested in the free medical clinics and the breakfast program they've had as well. And that was the two things that the government found quite, like, you know, threatening to them because, and this was a great space for kids, you know, that would go in the morning, go to this, like, breakfast club, um, breakfast program, um, eat their breakfast, and, you know, kids will learn and, like, um, explore their identity, explore their, you know, who they are as, as a community, as Black kids. And um, there were many things that really inspired kids from the block. That That was it. That was one of the major ones because... I think our society is so focused, you know, the society we're in and the systems that exist in society is so centered on like violent and like uh, apathetic principles that we're not focused on, okay, what how, if we led, if we had a world, if we created a world, how would that world look like if it was centered on care? And I remember reading that Breakfast Club program by Black Panther Party. I'm like, this seems so, like, it seems so simple, but so, so revolutionary. Um, and something as simple as like providing sustenance to kids and having these conversations and getting kids to sort of interact with each other, you know, and being able to sort of, you know, experience the innocence of their childhood without all of all of the violence that exists around the world um, seemed quite sort of radical, even though it seemed so simple. Um, another thing that really inspired it as well was like Sesame Street, but it was created really to sort of provide a space um, for young kids in New York, public housing, I think, from what I remember, to really make sense of the world that we're in, whether it's like issues concerning domestic violence or the war on drugs or, you know, the hyper policing of their neighborhoods um, and like to make sense of homelessness as well. And I just thought, you know, I, f I feel like that that needs to exist in, in Melbourne, that needs to exist within the public housing estates. Um, and that's why, like, you know, if you see the logo of the kids from the block, we want you know, we like we'd love for it to sort of expand and be, become sort of this sort of movement. Um, but like for people to remember where it came from and why it exists and where it came and how it sort of, you know, origin where it originated from was because of this hard lockdown. That's something, you know, something so sort of tragic and so traumatic that something like this came out. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. With kids from the block, it will really, with the hard lockdown that happened, um, which I was experiencing as well, which I had experienced, um, we noticed that there was like, you know, I've got two little brothers, um, but also a lot of the other residents, you know, have nephews and nieces. We've got neighbours who have kids. Also, I come from a building that's predominantly very young in a sense. There's a lot of young families, especially young East African families too. and that's common throughout the whole like nine blocks as well. So for me, it was like, you know, we're so focused on the crisis response, getting food, you know, getting medication. There was so much of the, you know, triage of residents, all of that stuff that we were so focused on that we just forgot about the well-being of the kids in these flats. And 
I think that's where I came from. We were having discussions like of, with ex-residents. Um, you know, it's not just me who started this predominantly, almost all of us were predominantly like black women, young black women, um, even like not just young black women, but black women in general um, who lived in the flats, who live in the flats, who lived in the flats, um, who had a strong connection to the flats, who grew up in the flats. We were able to sort of like, there needs to be something done for them because we're so focused on crisis response. We're kind of like forgetting who will protect these kids and our future really. I feel like especially activism in general can be quite individualistic and it sometimes forgets the community, right? Um, and just us as individuals, we need to also be accountable to something and, you know, center ourselves around something. So with Kids from the Block, I, instead of seeing it as like one-stop shop to do everything, because I think that's something that so many other organizations try to do or so many other projects try to do, it's more so a place where we can collaborate and connect with like-minded residents in the flats um with you know we don't want to connect with like you know non-for-profits more so but more so like like-minded residents who are interested in creating a space a safe space for kids in the flats really um and and we want to sort of show these kids a different way of building for, for communities a different way of organizing a different way of caring for people um because i feel like you know Sometimes even in these activist spaces where it's so focused on responding and crisis response that we're not focused on how can we really, really work on healing our, our communities from the violence and from the trauma we're consistently experiencing. Programs that we are running, it's more so like the few, first few programs we were running was one, um, it was one with the Student Science Quad and that was in, in response to providing tutoring sessions for VC students in the flats. Initially, like at the few first few weeks was um, something we thought we could do in collaboration because we didn't want to go through the whole cycle of like trying to find, you know, tutors and so forth when student science squad were like, hey, we're, we're like a youth led youth run organization. A lot of us are uni students from certain universities and we can provide we've already got this like program in place. We're like, OK, cool. Like, let's let's collaborate with you. Um, instead of like doubling up, you know, because if they've got the access and the tools and they've already created something, you know, they'll be able to connect with the kids. The second one was, I think we collaborated with like this Islamic uh, madrasa, which was really cool because the way they're framing, um, and we thought like, obviously we wanted to collaborate with like local churches as well, which we're thinking of doing in the future, hopefully. But um, this Islamic madrasa, which we were collaborating with, was cool because, um, Faith is such a great way for these kids who are who do believe who do grow up in a, a you know a, a household that is quite sort of faith focused. Um, a great way for them to sort of connect with their faith and really make sense of the world because talking about um, their feelings can be quite intimidating. You know, another thing we're trying to do now is lockdown legends. So uh, lockdown legends is obviously in collaboration with Changemakers Collective. Um, it is a, it is like a, a, I guess a program or a project that, uh, that we've done in collaboration with changemakers who are doing with like community development students and youth work students, but also, um, a few residents in the flats as well. Um, the, how do, how kids can get involved really is if you go onto our Instagram or there is a website as well, changemakers do have their website where they have that. And the website is www.changemakerscollective.org and forward slash legends. Um, and it's for 
kids from the ages of nine to 14. Um, and the competition, there's obviously two parts to the Lockdown Legends as a homework club. Um, and there's the competition. The competition is kind of the cool bit about it really. Um, and that is around, um, there's three competitions and which you can find more information about on the website. Um, and you have the chance of winning $120 cash prize. Just incredible. Thank you so much, Reem Yadago and everyone else involved with Kids from the Block. If you like what Kids from the Block are about, check out their Instagram page at KFTB3151. That's KFTB3151. You can learn more about the Lockdown Legends competition by Googling www.changemakerscollective.org forward slash legends. That's www.changemakerscollective.org forward slash legends. Welcome. I come bearing treats, musical delights, if you will. <laughs> um, yo, I'm really excited about this first song that I want to share with you guys. Um, this is, you know, a little gem that Barrow just sneakily dropped on us. He shared on his uh, SoundCloud. And this song... It gives me the warm fuzzies. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. It's called Days uh, by Barrow. Let me just play it real quick and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Enjoy. I'm for me for you, babe. But don't approach me now, I'm day. Follow me into the deep end. I want your love, I don't want to be friends. Want your touch so I don't need to pretend Is this tough love the reason why we ain't speaking? Hope you round on my best and worst days Hope you down to not go to work next Thursday Looking up oil on my scalp Your hands in my throat Girl, let them words out your mouth Movement ain't enough Hands in my throat Girl, let them words out your mouth for your house I dream of on a replay I'm for me for you babe but don't approach me now I'm all day follow me into the deep end I want your love I don't want to be friends want your touch so I don't need to pretend this is tough love the reason why we ain't speaking Yo, so this song makes me feel like the exact part of season that we're in right now. You know, this like fresh out of winter, 
just early spring sun and how it feels on your skin like you're just thawing out and starting to uh the warmth is just like it, it engulfs your soul that's how this track makes me feel i hope you guys you know felt something like that <laughs> In March, we spoke to Ola Idris, a physiotherapist and founder of Yoni Wellbeing. We liked that interview so much that we're going to play it again. What is Yoni Wellbeing about and how did you get into that? What's your journey been? Um, So Yoni Wellbeing is basically just a platform that I've created to try and get more information and education out there about women's health um, with a bit more representation. I think being a physiotherapist working in the field, um, majority of the people that I saw and people that would come into the practice did not look like me. Um, and so mm. I just felt like, and then whenever you go and go out there and try and look for research, a lot of the research that's done out there as well doesn't really reflect women of colour, particularly in this country as well. We've got a very diverse, um, you know, culture, but a lot of information out there isn't really catered to a lot of people from diverse um, and cultural backgrounds. So I just thought yeah. it was really important to create a space that one was sort of just representative of the women out there that I think um, need to get the information um, about their health. So why Yoni? Yes. What's the, tell us about the term and yeah. Um, yeah, the thought process behind that. Yeah, so I get asked that a lot of the time. A lot of people either don't really know what Yoni means mm. or they just assume it means vagina or it refers to Yoni balls. I get that one all the yeah, time. Yoni it, eggs. Yeah, like, that's heard about it. That Yoni eggs, that's it. So everyone's heard about that, but no one really realises what the term actually means. And it's a Sanskrit word, which basically refers to the female reproductive system. And I think more than that, it really refers to just feminine energy and the origin of life. And I just thought that talking about women's health, that's the best place to start, um, which is why I landed on Yoni rather than any other other word that I could have mm. used. Really quickly, I'm, I'm curious, what's the impact of um, people not getting access to diverse information yeah. or representative or, yeah, what's the impact on... I think it discourages people from realising that they can seek help. I think that's probably the main thing that I've seen is that if you don't see people like you represented in certain initiatives or in healthcare, you don't think that that relates to you when it definitely does. And I think it also, talking about these things, you're very very vulnerable. Talking about incontinence or talking about pain with sex, it's not something that's comfortable to talk about. And so you won't go out there and get that help if you don't really realise that people that look like you are also seeking that help or might be experiencing those things so I think it really creates a barrier to seeking care and and Mm. even you know getting comfortable with asking for help if you need it absolutely I feel like I've got so much I want to ask (laughs) so much I want to ask and um just off air we're kind of talking about yeah continue to talk about that that impact of not seeing um people like you in the healthcare system or um, yeah, showing up to sort of, and you were talking about these classes. Can you talk a little bit about um, that and what, where, where, and where do you see the complications that um, people have with, you know, the relationship they have with their bodies and their well-being? And yeah, I think like the greatest barrier, like we were talking about earlier, to um, to women is um, people of color, people from diverse backgrounds, is just seeking that help and knowing where to go for it. So I think. Um, 
you know, starting with getting information out there to know where can you access these things and mm. what is happening in your body mm. and getting a better understanding of your body is the first place to start, which is why I decided to go for something like an education platform. Because I think if people are educated and know their body and know about the human body and know about the female anatomy, then they can understand when things might not be um, going well or when mm. something might be going on and then realise that actually... I need to go seek help. So now where do I go? Who can help me? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think the other thing as well is if we don't have that understanding of our body, then we're not comfortable talking about these things with our friends, with our peers, with our family. And so how are we going to learn and know, I guess, what... um, you know, what's out there because the greatest place to learn is from other people and from people within your community. And so I think if we can start conversations, firstly, we're going to start breaking down barriers about our understanding of our body and negative images of our body. Um, it's going to start to not necessarily normalise things because I don't think it's healthy to think that something um, is normal because then you often won't seek help. I think understanding, though, that it's common is really important because it makes you feel Mm. like you're not alone in this. And I think that's one of the main barriers really that I'm trying to break down is people realising that, you know what, every time I cough and sneeze and I leak a little bit, that's not normal. My friend might be experiencing it at the gym as well or my friend at mother's group might be experiencing this as well, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's normal and so there's something that we can do to get help. And I think that's a really important place to start is with discussions Mm. with people that you're comfortable with and discussions in safe spaces first and then that's eventually going to change the culture and people are going to end up being able to ask for help a lot easier and know where that help can, um, can be found. That was Ola Idris, the founder of Yoni Wellbeing, uh, Yoni Wellbeing is on Instagram at Yoni underscore Wellbeing. That's Y-O-N-I underscore W-E-L-L-B-E-I-N-G. So Pookie just dropped her track Tuesday and I have the honor of featuring on that track and um, I know a bit of the backstory to it. So I really wanted you guys to kind of have that so you can experience the song in all of its glory and uh, really tap into the spirit of Tuesday. Without further ado, let's get into it. And I can't say, but I know I do. I do not like you. I'm pretty happy with mine's in me and my crew. And there's no space for things you try to slide through. But since you're busy in my business, guess I'll tell you. I'm with the GT and I'm with the bang bang. No new friends, I don't want to hang hang. I want to save my energy for the gang gang. Looking through my max as I let it bang bang. Y'all be disturbing the, the gang gang. Wonder how I do it in anything thing. I ride solo, thirsty solo, fade white solo, foot's gray logo. How gray logo? Thing resided in the west side, got me vocal. Now I only know to say it with a chest. Only got the time to roll with the best. Never got the time to roll with the vex. Ain't even a crime to be rolling correct. Mother lovers act like the goal is a dread. Wait, what was that? I forgot what I said. Mother lovers act like the goal is a dread. Got a few bees tryna my click. Busy with the freeze, better get off my Just cause I ain't looking, don't mean that I ain't looking. I'm just occupied with the shows I'm looking. Try to reach, try to show them how to do it. And it ain't same, and there ain't nothing to it. You either got it or you don't. As for the bag, either get it or you won't. As for me, try to mind my business. Even when they drippin' and I hear them whispers, I ain't got the time to roll with the vets. Waste my time, gotta roll to the next. Take my time, make it taste like chili. V I C, yeah, I like to get silly. I'm with a GT, baby, don't you forget. Call me Lieutenant, these cats be cadets. Gotta taste like crimson. Oh, Pookie finna cause extinction. Pookie finna put a little stutter in your diction. Pookie finna turn your reality to fiction. Got my wings tryna flutter through the quest. Trek from Brookfield to the inner west. Take these wings, man, let the digger rest. Foot sway local, skin like cocoa. How great must you be to get? 
with them wishes. Get like me, you can't get like me. Cause I'm, I'm with, with the GT. And I'm with the bang bang. No new friends, I don't wanna hang hang. I wanna save my energy for the gang gang. Looking through my max as I let it ring ring. Y'all be disturbing the, the gang gang. Wonder how I do it in anything bang. I ride solo, thirsty solo, fade by solo. Foot's gray local, how gray local. Thing resigned in the west side, call me vocal. Now I only know to say it with a chest. Only got the time to roll with the best. Never got the time to roll with the vex. Ain't even a crime to be rolling correct. Mother lovers act like the goal is a dread. Wait, what was that? I forgot what I said. Mother lovers act like the goal is a Our next guest is Bjorn, a university student studying journalism and professional writing. He has just published a debut collection of poetry about the experiences of being a former refugee, called Journal of a Refugee. Here's more. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and, and where your interest in writing began? Oh, okay. No worries. Yeah, so my name is Bjorn Gwir. Um, I'm 22 years old. Um, I'm a full-time journalism and professional writing student at UniSA McGill um, campus. Well, I've had a long journey. Um, coming to Australia at the age of five um, without my mom and my dad, uh, it was a big transition. Um, having to uh, get assimilated with different cultures and um, trying to find myself keeping up with my culture and identity and the new cultures experienced here from a young age until now. Yeah, so what I what I was thinking in the state of confusion, I had that choice to focus on my studies and uh, empower myself through education to be at a place where I can uh, change my situation. And that's where um, I worked harder during high school. Um, my grades started increasing. Lucky enough to get a scholarship at a private school, which helped enrich my education a bit more. And then... Um, from there, everything sort of just took off. I became a bit more creative in my writing. For me to like write down my experiences, I thought poetry was the best way to keep an emotionally connected experience. But yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Amazing. Thank you for that really wonderful, deep and enriching uh, introduction. It's always really good to, it's always good to know a little bit more about the background. It's representation and seeing yourself and having access to things and having opportunities um, is really challenging. I want to ask you, is there a book or writer that left a significant impact on you or perhaps influence your your journey to, to writing and expression through literature? In terms of uh, influential writers, um, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to a lot of like insightful visionaries and um, motivational speakers that speak on willpower, um, perseverance, um, law of attraction, which I I do touch on when I speak about dreams in the second chapter of my conversation with the star. In listening to your conversation um, or when you were being interviewed, it really struck me that um, you had really vivid memories as a young person, so I'm really looking forward to reading um, this collection. What do you hope to write about in the future? Yeah, so in the future, I really want to um, be the voice for the younger um, African youth, uh, speak on issues that matter to them, um, and give it that creative incentive and critical analysis through poetry. Not only that, like because I have training through uh, 
university with the television media and radio and uh, print media, so I could write their stories, tell their stories. What What do you think um, gets in the way of young African men sharing their stories, or even acknowledging their stories, or even you know engaging with literature and writing? I think that's very important because it's the only way uh, we can move forward as a collective. Um, like if you have a discussions and shared experiences with people, you learn, you learn from them, you grow. And I think we need more growth within the African community um, amongst each other because also it shows unity and it shows um, a positive side to what the future can be. Because um, we have, all have similar challenges here abroad. And it's good to that. The nuance in the stories of refugees and former refugees are incredibly important. We thank Bior for joining us to talk about his poetry and we look forward to his future writing. If you'd like to follow his work, you can do so on Instagram at Bior underscore Aguer. That's spelt Bior, B-I-O-R underscore Aguer, A-G-U-E-R. Thank you for listening. Thanks to all of our guests, Biora Guer, Reem Yadego, and Ola Idris. Hit us up on Instagram at 3cr.diasporablues. You can listen to all of our episodes, our previous episodes, by going to 3cr.org.au forward slash diasporablues. That's 3cr.org.au forward slash D-I-A-S-P-O-R-A-B-L-U-E-S. I'm Basta, and we hope you have an amazing week. Yeah, join me at 11 every Friday for some black and deadly sound. Appreciate community radio You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.